0: I've got a uh, got a little, little 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 confession for you, Chris. Mm-hmm. I've been drinking. Really?
1: Mm. You know what I think about alcohol,
0: Graham? What is it you think about alcohol?
1: Yep, that's what I think about it.
0: Or you just think you you, just, you, you know that I think about alcohol? <laughs> <laughs> I'm just thinking about it. Yeah. Let's go. Let's go. Let's do this. Let's test ten to ten. Let's do it. Okay. Hello and welcome, listener, to Hearty Dice Friends. My name is Grant Howitt. This is Christopher Taylor, and we will answer your role-playing game questions, whether you want us to or not. Now we have a very special episode for you today. This is the first one coming to you from my new flat. I've moved out to the, I've moved far out from East London into really fucking East London. And crucially, um, you've
1: finally got an internet.
0: Oh my god! So yes, it's been two weeks since I've an actually do work <laughs> rather than just scraping together podcasts off floors. Mm-hmm. So apologies for a slight change in audio quality. There's much less furniture and carpet in here than there was in the old room. So um, until we get until until you shell out for some audio baffling software, you just have to make do with all the echoes.
1: <laughs> or the high end goal: a new house for me, <laughs>
0: <laughs> like with a. With a recording studio in, or just so well, many presumably. sofas, it sounds I mean, good. If
1: it's going to have a pool, it's going to have a recording studio, isn't That's it?
0: That's true, yeah. Um, what have you been up to this week, Chris? Uh, I've been doing a lot of sleeping. Okay. That's been good. Okay. Great, great, great patter. That's brilliant. Okay, cool.
1: Yeah, no, mainly just sleeping.
0: Mm-hmm. Uh, what have you been up to, Grant? Well, thank you for asking, Chris. No, That's I, great. No, I just don't care. Chris, you're my best friend. What do you mean you don't care? Of course I care. That's but really... I no. know... And that is true, I have told you. This week I saw Fast and Furious 8, which is, um, I want to see it again. It wasn't good, but I want to see it again.
1: As is the way with Fast
0: and Furious films. You know you know how in Teletubbies, when they would show the film in their guts, they would have the, the, the cathode ray tubes in their guts, they would project the film, and it would be like these children are painting potatoes or some bullshit, and then they'd go, again, 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 and, you'd, and then and you'd watch it again. Yeah. That's how I feel about Fast and Furious 8.
1: Also, I've now just figured out why Teletubbies were so fat.
0: Well, the cathode ray tubes.
1: Yeah. They yeah, went back sure.
0: away, didn't they? How does that How does that work? Is that powered off bioelectricity? Cuz like they've got the antenna for picking up the uh, picking up the signals and so yep. like it's not digital. This is all analog shit.
1: It's biomechanical, isn't it? It's all kinetic mm. energy as they walk around, and do that stupid dance. Yes, they they're jump. building up charge.
0: Fun fact about the Teletubbies. They're huge. The rabbits that the Teletubbies dance around with are, uh, I think, they're, they're Norwegian giant rabbits, and they're the size of like a dog.
1: I want one. Yeah, they're really Get big
0: fuckers. Rabbit. It's it's shot on a um, on an old bunker, actually, <laughs> on top of an old bunker. No, <laughs> shit, you're not. I mean, they, they from haven't... which
1: from which they've escaped.
0: <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah, they they got Tell out, and, and and the sun is trying to yell at them to go back. And the sun, which oh. is a baby, giggle them some... to death. That's some weird shit. Eh? That, that, that's that's some proper non sequitur shit going on there. Right. Like, I really want to see the law Bible for Teletubby. <laughs> yeah. I want to read the wiki. I need, Actually, I need to hang, on. The pitch. hang on. Hang on. Hang on, listen. I just want to check in really quick, real quick here. If you don't mind just holding the line Teletubby's wiki. Mm-hmm. Mm hmm. Do they have their own wiki? Everyone has their own wiki, Chris. It's 2017. I need
1: need an origin story on the Hoover.
0: That's interesting. Let's see if we can find an origin story on the Hoover.
1: I need need how he got his suction powers.
0: Characters. Here we are. Characters. Tinky Winky. Played by Dave Thompson, Mark Heenahan, and Simon Shelton. Presumably all at the same time.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Stacked one atop the other.
0: Jammed into a sort of mecca. His kind character has caused his character has caused controversy due to allegations that his character's behavior, bag, and body color have have homosexual qualities. Wow! Um, so the the vacuum cleaner is called Nunu. Mm-hmm. Um, no, there's no, there's no. You know what Nunu doesn't even warrant its own page on the Teletubbies wiki. Really? Yeah. Also, the bear I with the brown fuzzy player. hair. The bear with the brown fuzzy hair is a bear who is one of the main characters in the infamous lion and bear sketch where she plays hide and seek Not that fucking infamous Teletubbies.wikia.com The lion and the bear is one of the seven magical events Oh my god, this does have a lore (laughs) It does have a (laughs) lore It's getting dark The magical event's are certain scenes to entertain the Teletubbies. The first magical event is the TV magical event. Happens at the beginning of the episode. It also happens at the beginning, middle, and end of every volume. The windmill spins faster and pink sparkles appear to be flying out of it. Second magical event. Oh my god.
1: All I can imagine now is the Hoover just finally speaking of the fifth seal is broken.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Summon the lions with the faces of men.
1: (laughs) And also... Put Fast and the Furious on all of your bellies.
0: <laughs> oh, my God. Um, yes, Chris, let, let's, answer, let's answer some questions. Let's answer some let's questions. Go, we, let's go straight to the questions. Because, because we've, we've, acted, we've been off for two weeks. We've had a load of questions come through. And so we are we are going to go straight to the questions after a brief six-minute interlude about Teletubbies. <laughs>
1: and a swift Googling of them.
0: This, like like there's I know I say that's about literally everything in the world, but there's a game in that.
1: Yeah. Surprise. Like, Hear so, first out, question.
0: Hang right. on, oh, no, hang on, hang on. Before we go into the questions. Oh,
1: we, we were so close.
0: You are trying to survive on the set of Teletubbies. <laughs> That's all I'm giving <laughs> you. Like, you've got a rifle, two bullets, and a starving child, and you're trying to survive. <laughs> <laughs> and these giant fucking monsters come up Okay, yeah, let's go. Well, what's so the first it, question? So, it's just
1: the road. But, yeah, but with, but,
0: but with um, a, a controversial homosexual giant with three men stuffed inside him.
1: And some colossal rabbits.
0: Yeah, big um, rabbits. I mean, that's where the food's this. coming from.
1: Anyway, first yeah. question. First question. Yeah. It's from Tim. What's the best way to create a satisfying murder mystery plot in a game not specifically built for one?
0: Ooh, Chris, this is this is your wheelhouse as King Investigation.
1: Yeah, that's that kind of why I put it in there, because... Hmm. It's very difficult to do mm. Like, I mean, you can run a murder mystery Completely system agnostic Like, I mean, that's yeah. how um, Those sort of dinner party game murder mysteries yeah. run
0: You just ask questions And answer questions and you know. Yeah, it's
1: just It's just the mystery itself mm. But it's, it's that word It's that <laughs> extra word Plopped on the end there Satisfying
0: the Oh, yeah. So, I mean, one of the main issues I've found with with like, with like investigative scenarios is that they don't often rely on social connections, and social connections are what's interesting. Mm. So, like, you can get dragged in because of a social connection, but the reason for you going there is more so, oh, I want to find out the truth, rather than, oh, my sister's got caught up in this. Yeah. And it comes down to an academic, and I think you know that comes down to the way you run games as well, and so like if your hooks are right, but there's nothing intrinsically, like. like all too often you end up working for an organisation, and so you are coldly investigating the situation, and therefore the satisfying nature of the game can be quite tricky to pull off, because you do the thing, great, but what you're after, I think, in the game, as well is to have twists and turns and surprises. Um, I think if I can give one piece of advice, it's to steal it.
1: <laughs> yeah, for just a, wholesale
0: it's, it's from a website called The Alexandrian Which is a really great website for games mastering advice And like, they have some seminal writing On dungeon design and adventure design And they have a thing called The, the Same Page Tool Which everyone fills out at the start of a campaign To ensure that you all understand that you're on the same page About what's going to go on um, But they have a recommendation On The Alexandrian Is that if you do an investigative game You need three clues for everything that happens so let's yeah. say, for example, you um, the criminals are holed up in the, in the docks at a shipping warehouse in the docks. You need to have a shipping manifest, which has uh, illegal items being imported to the docks. You need to have a drunk who's like, Oh, I've done seen the criminals going into the docks, if you ask him. And you need a third one. Um, let's say um, uh, a... A boat gets robbed, and they say, oh, there were some criminals who stole us. Who, who stole us? Who stole my mother.
1: <laughs> We've been taken! Just a note.
0: <laughs> <laughs> they went to the docks. But the idea is that players will latch on anything you fucking give them. Because that's because all, the only tool that players have to interact with the world is the GM. The GM is the final arbiter of everything, and so any information the GM gives must be relevant. So give as much relevant information as possible. Um, and the other thing I'd recommend is that don't be afraid to change what happened, because like, if... yeah,
1: I mean, there's a there's a really interesting example of this from um, a wonderful RPG writer called Caleb Stokes, who mm-hmm. writes for Hebanon Games. I think it's his own Hebanon.
0: Hebanon, good good lovely word. Sounds sounds biblical. Uh,
1: yeah, um, and he ran a game where the the players start in media res, as it were, near a corpse. And kind of gone through the, the introduction of going, this is an investigative game, you know, make your characters, we'll get all this sorted. So they had a police person, they had a reporter. And so he says, OK, so there's this, there's this fella who's dead at his desk. What's what's happened to him? How did he die? And he kind of just points at a character and he goes, uh, he looks like he's been shot in the head. And he points to the other person. And says, I don't know. I think these stab wounds are bad. <laughs> like oh I don't know the, the poison nearby might be a clue and he just goes so why did you shoot him you stab him and you poison him <laughs> and unfold the murder mystery that way like <clears throat> the characters are the murderers H- and they need to they've, but there's been some sort of memory wipe incident mm. or amnesia whatever you want to use and they're backtracking so they're investigating themselves and on the run from the police, whilst trying to solve a murder, they participated in, mm. and I, I kind of like that as a setup.
0: So that's fun, and I think that, like, I mean, you know, if, if 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 you can if if you can if you can pull it all together, then having you know having a fully improvised story is great. But bloody hell, it's hard. Yeah, I think I think as well. Like one one good thing you can read um, is to read the idea of Easter, read Easter terrorists. Or a fear itself or anything that's powered by Gumshoe because that gives you advice on writing mystery plots.
1: Yeah, like we've talked before about <laughs> yeah. how good that is as a system for creating and a spine. Honestly um, and the importance the core, of core clues.
0: The core idea. And like sorry, the core idea and the core idea of core clues where he, like here is a clue you must be able to find and if you don't find this the game can't carry on. You can just steal that and put that in any game. Yeah. That doesn't matter. You just tell them what they find. And then everything else is, is gravy
1: yep and it just helps you make sense of those clues because
0: yeah.
1: it's it's one thing to go oh they've gone to the docks hmm. but it's also useful to know why the docks was a place they ran to because if you go to the docks knowing that there's smugglers' yeah. tunnels that get you away from the docks as well hmm. that's extra information they can act on they're still going to the right place but they can they can predict and work um work their magic that way
0: i want to recommend one more thing is that Everyone should look like they have done it. Like literally everyone. And like and and like I I mean have everyone be dramatically evil from the start. Like, ah this is, uh, this is the this, this is the deceased widow. Oh such a pleasure to meet you in Speech. It's such a shame my husband was taken from us at such an early time. And and, and has got During that the flowing, voice. She's got that flowing diaphanous nightgown. They're doing the murder um, voice. I know, I know. Um and like, and like and like and, and you have a vicar and it's like, oh well, you know, God works in in mysterious ways, and I'm sure that he would he wouldn't take someone before his time and just no one did it. It was suicide. But everyone <laughs> really seems
1: like they're doing it. Why? Vicar, you, you laid that table expertly. Oh yes, I trained as a butler for many years. <laughs> Wait a oh second. Oh my god, it was him!
0: I read, also, I really like the idea of running a murder mystery campaign where you make everyone sort of murder mystery story. You make everyone as evil as possible and as like as guilty as possible, and it's just the third person the players question.
1: <laughs> yeah, you just pick it, just randomly. Like, it.
0: Like, there's a percentage chance that it increases cumulatively for each person you question. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so at the beginning, you can literally say, "Say who done it?
0: I don't know." Yeah, and you don't know. Like, I don't know. I'm not sure. Really. We'll find out. But you, you give everyone means and motive. That's kind of fun.
1: That is kind of fun. Ooh, we could write that. We could. We just did. Ooh.
0: Well, no, we just came up with the idea. We did the fun part, not the difficult part. Uh, I, I will ask the next question. Go for it. As I navigate to the window where the question is, <laughs> Pendrel says,
1: "I did as you said." <laughs> <laughs> Well, um we're very sorry about that, but we can't post bail.
0: I bought all the children's teeth to the well. Uh Pendrel says, I did as you said. I wrote the game in a way that felt right for what I was going for. What's Pendrel talking about?
1: Uh we answered a question from Pendrel about uh how you make a game ready for playtest.
0: Oh yeah, 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 yeah. And we said we just sort of guessed.
1: Yes, pretty yeah. much. We're just not good at teaching see what happens. Um, I'm really glad we don't take notes. Have, like,
0: we don't have a, a weekly podcast where we give advice on games design. Yeah, Pendril says, I wrote the game in a way that felt right for what I was going for. I pulled some numbers out of my ass, and when playtests came around, it worked surprisingly well. But now I need to iron out the details and balance the options, because my game is quite combat heavy. How did you two do that for Unbound? Did you just playtest the shit out of every bit of crunch? <laughs> you had? I'm afraid I might not be able to do that, given the little number of people in my group willing to participate. Please help. Yeah, we playtested it super hard. Everything in that book's been playtested.
1: To be fair, <coughs> especially to people who paid for for Unbound, no, most we did playtest yeah. it.
0: We played, uh, yeah, so, so we playtested the system and we iterated a lot. Yes, um, I think we had about five iterations which went through playtest before we got to the one we were happy with. Yeah, and like, and I must say, certain monsters might not have been playtested. It was certain legendary monsters might not have been played. I really the dragon the dragon. Don't, I don't we don't know how the dragon works? It's, it's probably gonna kill you. Yeah. I mean, every legendary monster is going to kill you. That's the point of the legendary monsters. Honestly, I don't think I've seen anyone beat a legendary monster, which may tell us something. Point is, just playtesting the shit out of it isn't a, isn't a hugely very isn't a hugely interesting. answer I think you can do a lot with um, if if you're worried about combat, is just running practice combats by yourself. So if you've got yeah, you know, I mean, if, you if you're just looking if
1: you're just looking at the numbers, uh, one-on-one combats are actually surprisingly useful. Mm. um it's not know. it's very rarely a situation that that'll happen in your game because mm-hmm. you've generally got four players or whatever at the table yeah. but if this character just kills everything before it gets anywhere mm-hmm. then that's doing too much damage yeah or it's hitting too often yeah um but also like you can get a lot from the feedback from what, even as you say, there's only a couple of people willing to play, uh, play test it for you.
0: Yeah,
1: you can get a lot of feedback from how they feel. Yeah, like if they're getting angry that they're not hitting all the time. Yeah, then that's a number you need to look at. Mm-hmm. If they're hitting but, almost every single time but not killing anything, then that's another number you need to look at.
0: And one, I, I mean, my opinion is once you have a feel for the game then you can then it's re- easy it, it, easy isn't the word but you can write it yeah once you once, once you understand that system works and you know why why a two rather than a four once what once you've basically spent enough time immersed in that system then then play-testing can basically end at that point you can extrapolate results yourself um, yeah
1: so for instance one of the things that we do <coughs> quite a lot is we use placeholder numbers mm, dummy rules um, which are Yeah, which are generally numbers like for let's say weapon damage, Mm -hmm. there'll be a number one to ten, and ten is being hit by a comet, and one is just a a light slap, and that'll give us a scale that we're working on.
0: One is the least, ten is the most. Yeah. Rather than having to, you know, give it like slaps and comets.
1: Yeah. Um, but once once we've sort of worked out, okay, so that's high. This is low. This is somewhere in the middle. We work out what the base is, which is generally if somebody hits you with a sword. Mm. How much damage is that going to do?
0: Yeah, and um, like, why does that matter? How can you avoid it? How many times can you take? How many times can you take a hit? How yeah. realistic is this game? How um, dangerous is this game? Rather than realistic, I suppose. Um, what mechanics do you have for evading damage? What mechanics do you have for inflicting damage? And I guess trying to break it down into the there's, I've read this really wonderful piece in Edge fucking years ago about how all, all first person shooters break down into distributing and avoiding damage and those yeah. are the two those are the two methods of play um, and like medic classes which are rare are just another way of avoiding damage but like you can distribute damage very effectively without knowing the level mm. but to avoid damage you have to know the level and I think there's there's, there's 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 something to be understood there as well through like through role playing games. Once you break it down into the core elements and like, well, how is this how is this thing being used? How often is this coming up? But yeah, honestly, I'm really I'm really sorry. The boring answer is playtest it as much as you can. Yeah, even if that um, is
1: literally just you.
0: Yeah, um, and like online groups are good as well, or like getting a, like I I'm not a huge fan, and I think we should move on because we talked about this for a little while, but I think that. Um, I'm not actually a huge fan of just showing people my rules and asking them what they think. No, um, like I've got I've got a few friends. Uh, so primarily, before Chris and I were working full time in a business together, Chris, I would I, every every rule I wrote basically, I would put past Chris and be like, "This does this suck?" And he'd look over it, and then eventually <laughs> yeah. I figured, and eventually I figured he deserved some money, so we set up a business together. <laughs> um, but also, like, um, you essentially, um, would be
1: able to go, "Well, this bit sucks, but this like, the rest yeah. of it's good."
0: I've got uh, and so um, Sean Smith who just he just kickstarted the Xuvia he's a mate of mine and so I'll generally send it over to him if it involves playing cards and be like what do you think does this suck and like if there's certain people whose opinions you who you value and, are, and also are happy to do it because if they're a full time game designer that's effectively you're taking up their time doing their job so you should be prepared to pay for consultancy in that way, but if there's people who you respect, certainly you know, give it to them and ask them what they think. But I can't recommend that you just open up to Reddit and be like, Oh, if anyone fancies having a look, you know, tell us what you think. Yeah. People need to play the game, it, games yeah. need to be played at least, at least a handful of times, um, unless they are so simple, um, that you can extrapolate the rules in your head. Then, um, yeah, so I'm really sorry, you just have to play it a lot, <laughs> yeah. um. But tell you, what, t- tell you what, tell you what, tell you what, Depending on where you are, depending on time zones, Chris and I will play your game, we will play yeah. test your game with with you over the internet. Is that right, Chris? That's fine. Good, we will do that.
1: That's fine. Tell us t- 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 here. Yeah. Tell us what time zone you're on, and we'll work
0: something out yeah and I, I mean I do say that if, it, if you say quite combat heavy if we're talking like Hackmaster combat heavy I might develop a sudden illness but we'll see
1: <laughs> either way we can have a look at it
0: yeah what's the next question Chris
1: the next question comes from Reddit
0: Ooh.
1: and Bad Russell oh he a bad Russell oh,
0: he a bad Russell oh he got his fingers in pies gross he stands on He's cats on. he sets cars <laughs> on a fire what a monster he don't send, send back library books. Yeah, he a bad cool. Russell. It's actually the bad version of... Um, is it the bad version of Russell Crowe? Or, um, Russell... Kurt Coward? Russell. Kurt Russell. Wow, that's a bad Russell. Mm-hmm. Whew. Worst I'm, Russell you know possible. I'm going to stop talking smack about this guy. <laughs> yeah, What's his question? People
1: find you. <laughs> What's the most surprising slash genius mechanic you've come across in an RPG? <clears throat>
0: unknown armies chase rules is It's the simplest rule simplest rule so this is a previous edition of unknown armies i haven't read the rules for the new ones but you have like honestly you have kind of a ball system where you draw out a ladder and then you can go forward one if you succeed a bit and two if you succeed really well and if you fail, you go back one. Otherwise, you stay where you are. And that show, you, and the number of spaces apart on the ladder show you how many like narrative units you are away from the party you're chasing or being chased by. But you can, at any point you want, take a risk. And when you take a risk, you double all effects that happen to you. So if you succeed, you go forward... Uh, sorry, you, you add one to it. So if you, if you succeed, you go forward three. If you, uh, if, if you succeed a little bit, you go forward two. If you fail, you go back two. And they say, whenever you, whenever you say what, what what your risk is, describe what risk you're taking. So it's like I'm I'm, I'm going to cut through a house. I'm going to steal a, a bicycle and go forward. Um, I'm going to drive down a flight of stairs. I'm going to um, try and parkour through this uh, fruit market. And it just means that it gives the players narrative control, and it gives them a way to really easily catch the the enemies or. Hang themselves with the rope that they've, that they've given themselves. I love it. It's very clever, and it's the sort of thing that is just so simple. Um, and like, it doesn't honestly it doesn't match the the system very well. But that just as a standalone rule, I love it very much.
1: Yeah. Um, and one of the nice things is that if you're playing Unknown Armies as your core game, you can just have a chart of the chase drawn out. Mm, yeah, that's true. And then just you're just ready to go. Obviously, drawing it each time would be a bit annoying. Mm. But if you're ready for Mm -hmm. it, so I'm. I'm going to go with a with with a much more mundane one. I'm afraid yours. Yours had a lot of drama implicit in it. Advantage and disadvantage in Dungeons and Dragons. Fuck
0: me, that is clever, isn't it? Though,
1: isn't it just great?
0: So, uh, what you should explain wine band. Sorry, what uh, disadvantage (laughs) and 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 disadvantage? Fuck me, the wine works. You should explain (laughs) what disadvantage and advantage is.
1: (laughs) Advantage. If you are rolling with advantage, you roll 2d20 and pick the higher one. If you're rolling with disadvantage, you roll 2d20 and pick the lower one.
0: It's just so clever. It just it. scales. It scales so well. It and like
1: forever.
0: It, it, scale, well, it scales well. So, so, so honestly, it wouldn't work once you hit epic level in D&D 3.5, but because they keep the numbers low yeah. in 5th ed, because the numbers are fairly low being added... The result of a D twenty always matters,
1: and, and, and it you, just works. You can get it in so many different ways.
0: So we've stolen it for everything we've written. If if like if if if, if so, I'm, we're currently writing two D twenty systems, and they both have this rule in it because yeah. you can't copyright a game mechanic. Wizards
1: turns out, yeah, chumps. Um, <laughs> but like, I we're mean, this kind game. of ties the into London's one of the other ones I was going to suggest, which is inspiration. Yeah, it's pretty uh, good. From Fifth edition as well. I think I think um, inspiration's in the, a bit you,
0: of a um, bit of a blunt blunt instrument, really.
1: Yeah, but it's for the system; it's quite nice. And um, when you consider mm. that it's a rules-heavy game,
0: so the way inspiration works, um, you can only hold one point of inspiration. Uh, you can spend it to roll with advantage on a single check, and you get it back whenever you do a role-playing thing that pleases the GM.
1: Yeah, it's yeah. like the old thing of. Um, so, sort of AD&D giving people a little bit of experience points for writing a backstory mm. uh, I will give you an in-game reward if you care <laughs> about your character for a bit um, but crucially like you can get advantage and disadvantage from it mm. and it's encouraged that what you do is you just keep the cycle going of do a bit of role play Get a bonus. Do a bit yeah. of role play. Get a bonus.
0: And it's like it's smart and like it tacks on very well. This isn't like like Fifth Ed is a very clever game. Yeah, I'm hugely impressed with what they've done with it to the point where I want to run it. I think I'd run it before Thirteenth Age at this point. Like I like Thirteenth Age. It gets a little bit unwieldy once you hit about level four or five. Yeah. Um. And I I get the I get the feeling that Fifth Ed scales nice as well.
1: Yeah. I mean, like the earlier editions, the reason I like them is nostalgia.
0: Hmm. I, I think there's a lot. I'm of okay tied with up that. Yeah,
1: basically fine.
0: I have a question here, Chris, um, that you haven't put into the list of questions, and I'm really upset, so I want to ask it.
1: Uh, go for it.
0: This question comes in from Broken Image three two one on Reddit, and Broken Image asks, "One of my players is secretly playing a French maid. Should I be worried?"
1: I'm... My view is yes
0: <clears throat> so, does, But the does, reason
1: does it, for that is That it's secretly playing a French maid
0: It is weird isn't it like it, was, like it was announced in passing That the character was wearing a quote Sexy French maid costume And when, and when people around the table said Oh I'm not really comfortable with that The player said well you can just pretend she's wearing something else Which is very strange
1: Yes that's why which, I say you should be worried
0: Like it day speaks you to, enter the magical realm Yes it speaks to a yeah. fetish and like, hey, look! If like, if you want to be a hot chick in a in a in a, in a, fan, a hot chick, what is it? The fucking fifties. If you want to be an attractive woman in a French maid costume, go for it. You know, it's it's not my scene, but I can see why you I see why you enjoy it. Um, but um,
1: I I, I think crucially we we mentioned the one page thing. Yeah, to make sure that everybody's on the same page.
0: I think. I think the way you could do it is if everyone was secretly playing French maids.
1: Well, there is, there is literally a game for that.
0: That's not secretly, that's openly playing. That's made the RPG. Yeah. And they're playing, and this, this isn't a goof, this exists, um, they're, they're openly playing uh, maids in an anime-style sl- setting. No, what I'm saying is you get in touch with every player beforehand aside from the one who's secretly playing a French maid and say, hey, you're, um, you're a French maid? Yeah, you're a French maid. <laughs> Don't tell anyone, but people will react to you. In that way. Just yeah. don't describe it. And um, at that point, that the person won't feel special anymore for being a sexy French maid. Yeah.
1: Or maybe that was the plan all along.
0: In which case, everyone's happy, especially that guy. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dude. Uh, secretly. secretly!
1: Secretly. Like, if mm-hmm. it was like, so my character's a French maid, everybody cool? We cool? Let's do this. Mm-hmm
0: i well, like, fine. what? I mean, wonder what kind of setting it is. Wonder well, it's like D and D. Like, are you a fighter?
1: What is France?
0: <laughs> An elf maid, I guess. <laughs> in that situation. Yeah. Um. All right. Um. Uh, just. What no, it's fine. it's fine. It's fine. It's fine. What a wild. Let's move on. Um, if you could shag any of the chromatic dragons, which one do you shag? I
1: don't know. I like the sound of
0: brass. No, chromatic, not metallic.
1: Oh. I, sorry, I for some reason heard metallic.
0: No. I mean, um, I mean, mm, uh, bros. Yeah. You don't want to fuck a golden dragon?
1: No. Have you not seen the, that... the, the big, like, I want no. to say ear flaps, but I've forgotten what it's called.
0: I like an ear flap. What's
1: it? The, those dinosaurs that eat the Yeah, like the, like the, in the, the umbrellas. Park Jurassic park. <laughs>
0: the ones with the umbrellas behind them. They spit, they yeah, spit the un- poison. The
1: umbrella neck screech spitters.
0: That's the one. I didn't know you spoke Latin.
1: (laughs) (laughs) The brass dragon has a fine set of what they have. Oh, um, frills.
0: Neck frills. Yeah, that's the fella. Okay. I think I'd probably go for a blue dragon.
1: Oh, electricity.
0: Electricity. It's like, like, did you feel a spark, baby? That's that's, that's, that's a great lead in. But like red dragons, famously destructive.
1: Yep. Black dragon. Although they do have the money, take you out,
0: treat you right. They don't spend the money. They, 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 this is your argument with dwarves earlier, yeah. For episode is Fuck like Murray, kill. I don't. Yeah, no, I know, I don't but like, like, re, like, well, like red—that's dra- <clears throat> everyone to you. You're nine feet tall. Red dragons, <laughs> red dragons don't like they explicitly don't spend it. They just yeah. more, they just want to have it. Like black dwarves. dragons, black dra- no black dragons are duplicitous. So like they're tricksy. I can't trust them. Also, they breathe poison, which seems difficult.
1: Yeah, that is an issue. Green dragons only also the breathe smell poison. Is going to be bad.
0: Is there a green dragon? Yeah, they're like they're like um They're woodland. Other poison. Yeah, and like I don't poison. I don't want to I don't want to hang out with a hippie shit. That sounds like bullshit. Yeah. Not having it. A white is too cold. Magenta. And magenta's not a kind of dragon. Isn't it? No. Closest you've got is red. Yeah. But we got a blue dragon, Erudite, wizards. Yep. Never have to pay another electricity bill.
1: No, they no, do I d- live no in, in uh, deserts.
0: Oh, do really? that! I thought they were in like Wizards' Towers. Both. Well, I, you know what? I can adapt to the desert. That's okay. That's fine. I mean, dr- yeah. dragons generally live out the way. I'm guessing maybe actually a forest dragon might be best for me in that case because I live in the you know uh, temperate climate, England. But I think one of the things we're, we're glossing over here is I did say we were going to have sex with a dragon. Oh yeah. Mm. And I'm guessing that anything of that size must have a spacious cloaca. Yeah. Which is which is what I'm after.
1: <laughs> you need something roomy. Is that what we're going for here?
0: I mean, dragons must fuck, right? I mean, it's never really discussed, but they must have like kids and stuff. Well, they—well, I mean,
1: you—they you have half dragons because they can shapeshift into into humanoid form,
0: right? But let's let's say I want a whole dragon. I want <laughs> or a I prime want, cut. I want, yeah, I want. Like, <laughs>
1: or pure, unadulterated I, dragon,
0: uncut, china white dragon. I, I, that, how do I... like? Because they're very solitary creatures. Are they like... like? Do they date? Are there dragon restaurants? I'm, do they meet on the plains? There
1: is, um, is it like Kakapo's where the lady just screams um, until
0: a bloke walks there?
1: No, there's a small point.
0: What's well, a big point, really. That I just Ooh. need to just
1: bring to your attention.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: They're really, really large. Right. You are slightly larger, admittedly, than the Mm. average man.
0: I don't see what... I mean, you're turning me on.
1: (laughs) What I'm saying is...
0: Sorry, sorry, sorry. How how big? (laughs) How large are these dragons? Would you say they were large or colossal?
1: I'm I'm going to use, in certain points, gargantuan. So Mm -hmm. big. So scaly. There is... There is a... A geometry problem here There's a, a scale issue
0: Nah, nah man, look Love finds a way, like they say in Jurassic Park Is it? Is that what they say in Jurassic Park? The point is, I'm going to fuck a dragon And you can't stop me
1: uh, No, I I don't think the dragon's going to notice So I think it's probably going to what, what, be easy What,
0: are you, are you slandering my reputation? Sir?
1: <laughs> yes, I mean I hate to use this uh, But it's going to be a bit hot dog down a hallway
0: I, and you know what? I, I I hate it when you use that as well. I don't like that very much. No, it's awful. <laughs> Interspecies, certainly. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Well, you know what? I'm sure. All right. It's, it's like
1: yeah. you trying to fuck the front doors of St. Paul's Cathedral.
0: Oh, so hard. Point is, what I want to say is, I think you're having a reductively heteronormative view of what sex is, going for straight PIV, heterosexual intercourse. And there's many ways I can make love to a dragon. Is there? I, I I hope. Maybe I could like maybe maybe I could get it, make, do something with those with those flaps you mentioned earlier. <laughs> well, the ear frills. Yeah, the the neck frills, you know. Maybe they feel nice when 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 they're when they're kissed by an inquisitive lover. <laughs> Again
1: don't think it'd notice.
0: Fine. Well you you, you I mean brass dragons are in the desert as well, aren't they? So we can visit each other. Yeah, they go. Listeners.
1: Sounds like a date.
0: Listeners, what dragon would you most like What's to have the next sex with? Of course, with. <laughs> <laughs> I need to bring up having sex or kissing a fantasy race every episode, or we really start losing our USP.
1: I mean, that is that is very fair. I'm okay yeah. with it. I'm just saying we should think more about scale next time.
0: Okay. Now we've got um, we've got a question from um, Gabe from a rival podcast. Dun, dun,
2: dun, dun. Those,
0: those cheeky motherfuckers from Interparty Conflict Who are running a curiously similar podcast to us And even did it before we started It's viciously
1: it, similar Which is
0: very clever of them, isn't it? Very cunning Gabe asks Dastardly What movie would you love to play as an RPG? Conversely, what RPG would you love to see adapted into a movie?
1: I can answer the first one definitively Is it clueless? Which is equilibrium?
0: Oh, it's wushu, isn't it? Yeah. Actually, that's you know what? I like to play wushu. That's true. Actually, so I would love to see equilibrium. I would love to see the law book and see the different kinds of kata.
1: Yeah, there's like access. proper setting documents. Yeah,
0: document. as a, as a grammar cleric, because I absolutely adored that film when I was younger. Yeah, I was. I was a, I was a proper Matrix fan, um, and that it's not as good as the Matrix. But it's it's slicker in some interesting ways, and the. Um, so I don't like Christian Bale, no. Like if he got hit by a bus, I wouldn't be sad. Mm. You know, he seems like a bad man. Oh, man. He seems like a real bad Russell. He seems mean. He does. Doesn't he? he was really rude to that lighting mean. technician. You know, there, there's oh, the yes. audio of him. Yeah. Yeah. And it's like, I'm sure they understand what they did wrong.
2: Yeah. Christian. Job. Yeah.
0: Well apparently not their mm. job is it? Yeah, I like I, I like I heard that and ever since then I can't really enjoy a film that he's in. No. Um which is which is like I know, like I should I should learn to separate the actor from the, from the should, craft, yeah. obviously. But um he still seems like a dick and there's enough films without him in. <laughs> um What about Clueless? I'd love to see um Clueless RPG. Yeah. I mean we but we like no, I mean what we did was we assigned dice types to the characters. That was that is an the early
1: stages of RPG design, as well. You know,
0: that's very true. And I'm sorry, Christopher. You pick a 90s film <laughs> and you and you you put dice types to it, and then maybe you write a fantasy setting around it. Um, that
1: is why every single one of ours is back traceable to a single John's John Hughes movie.
0: <laughs> you know what worries me is that the clueless RPG would would have been written in like 1997, and it would suck. Yeah. It would be really bad. It would probably so, be
1: working on the same system that Buffy did.
0: Oh, and I'm not. I'm not even thinking. It would be, be like fucking um, the same as Tank Girl drama. Sit, not drama oh. system. Hang on. um, the one by West End Games. Some fucking thing with like fifty different skills yep. that you can get, and like I'd love. I, I think like like Fiasco's done some very good things for adapting the cinematic style of film.
1: Yeah, um, and something uh, like Time Primetime Adventures.
0: Yeah, adventures. Um, but I think this would be fun I think I'd be interested in doing um, I watched White House Down recently Oh What the fuck am I talking about? Fast and the Furious That's what I want to see
1: <laughs> You're very much on a Fast and the Furious <sighs> pick At present
0: What if we got the rights to Fast and the Furious RPGs? We could talk to Vin Diesel We could You're like, hey, More Vin.
1: importantly We would have to have a research meeting With Dwayne The Rock Johnson
0: I just want to be in the same room as him For a little bit you know it's i like mean hercules it. oh but that's the thing i think he's so nice that you could oh yeah yeah you know like like he'd make it okay
1: yeah
0: i mean i wouldn't ask him to lift me like, like have you
1: seen the, the video of i can't there's a man oiling his muscles
0: i've not watched it actually but i'm aware it exists
1: oh it's worth oh. a watch everybody stop what you're doing <laughs> google it it's amazing
0: even if you don't find it you can he, he makes, he makes it okay yeah, like I think he okay. can. I think he can make anything okay. Yeah, it's great. Yeah, actually, I'd be interested in seeing the Fast and the Furious mechanic. And like, I think that you could possibly just have two stats, which are Fast and Furious. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, I mean, next one page RPG.
0: Um. Well, hang on. Put, put this way, so like, um, I I I actually believe that the Fast and the Furious films are no longer about street racing, but are about a race of magicians and demigods who have. There are three powers. There are three kinds of magic. There is fight magic, car magic, and Computers, magic, and like you can see individual levels. So, like for example, um, Paul Walker and um, Godric um, and like the character Roman. <laughs> uh, uh, so, so like, let's say Roman, for example, is a mid-level car wizard, and Ludacris's character uh, Tej is a mid-level car wizard and computer wizard. Whereas the antagonist in this film is a high-level computer. Yeah, it was a high-level computer wizard, and Vin Diesel is, of course. Um, I don't think they have numbers for how good he is at car wizards. <laughs> like he gets in a car and the laws of physics are like, nah mate, no, nah, we can't touch it. It's, have you seen who it is? It's been diesel. We can't touch that. So I think that's
1: this an appropriate point to say I've only seen the first one. What? I've I've only seen the first one and remember so little of it I keep getting it mixed up with Gone in Sixty Seconds. Oh Chris. Mm-hmm.
0: Like, also not a bad film, I'm going to stress that We're going to, listen, we're going to I would say we're going to fix it But honestly, you have to want to
1: <laughs> I do want one,
0: to One like, One is a fun action film Two is a shit sandwich Three makes two look good
1: Four we're is not called selling it.
0: Yeah, I'm four is called Fast and Furious Which is confusing Which one's um, Fast and
1: Furious-er?
0: Uh, no, sorry, there's two Fast Too Furious is the second one Right, uh, which only features Paul Walker from the previous film. Um, and then third film features no character in the previous film, and then fourth, they managed to hire everyone again because their careers went down the shitter. And so you've got, like, it's more about crime, and then by the time you hit, like, fast five, um, they're, they're, stealing a, they're stealing an armoured bank for by dragging it down cars, dra- dragging it with cars. And it becomes, they, they, they become crime fighters for hire. It's an absurd, and the way they solve crimes is by driving cars very fast. Good. Um it's it's astonishing. I I think that I would love to see that as a game. Um I know someone's made someone's made a board game of it. And someone's made a Cthulhu yep. themed board game of it. Cuz fuck off. <laughs> oh, oh, two things that'll sell to nerds. Come on, man. Come on, that's, that's too easy. Yep. Oh, Zelda Tardis. Fuck off. Here's, uh, uh, do, you, do you ever play two things, by the way, Chris? No. You look at a t-shirt that's on sale for the internet you try and spot how many bullshit things they've put next to each other to sell it to nerds.
1: Yeah, I mean, just look at a t-shirt website.
0: Mm. Deadpool doesn't count as a thing, but it's he does terrifying. count as a multiplier.
1: Oh, it's just like like an, a, a, an intensifier.
0: Yeah, for sure, but like, just, just Deadpool on his own doesn't actually, yeah. What RPG would you like to see adapted into a film? Dogs in the Vineyard? I don't
1: know, I'd like to see a good Call of Cthulhu film. Yeah, shit, that'd should be, nice. that be good.
0: What about dogs, though?
1: Yeah, that would be that would be a solid watch,
0: but like proper seeing, like an actual like no holds barred, brutal, violent dogs in the vineyard. Yeah, but like, oh, that like I wouldn't even have to go out the same fucking system. You wouldn't, you wouldn't have to set it in Dogs in the Vineyard. I just want to see teenage Western murder. Mm. I'm just going to rotate around and look at my shelf. You keep thinking.
1: (laughs) I want to see dogs, but like how (laughs) they, how the dogs see the world.
0: Oh, that's interesting, In, Like, actually. yeah. Like, seeing like them demons. as demons. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so, well, like, you've got you that
1: get, kind yeah. of overlay of what the world actually is like and how they see it.
0: Yeah, well, one would hope. I think that's it for me. I, don't, I certainly don't want to see a Dark Heresy film. No. God, no.
1: Many have tried. There's Maybe thousands more. of different fan... Well, 40,000 fan films out there. Monsters and Other Childish Things.
0: That's my last vote for a film. That would be great. Oh, I love that. Monsters and the Childish yeah, Things is a fucking it's a lovely game, listener. If you've not heard of it, I recommend that you buy a copy as soon as possible. It is a um, it uses the D ten. What the fuck is the name of the system? D ten width and height. One roll engine.
1: One. I want to say one roll.
0: It's one roll engine. Yeah. Uh, the core mechanic of uh, Monsters and Other Childish Things is you draw your monster and then you label your monster's cool bits and you play a child with that monster and the monster eats emotions. And mm. also people, and like you have Candlewick to Candlewick like... Manor. If yeah. if, you,
1: if you're looking at monsters and other childish things, get the Candlewick Manor adventure. It what? is amazing and
0: dark as. Hell. What was your monster, Chris? I can't, I can't remember. remember yours. Mine was a was a fox who lived in the bins and gave me porn. Yep. Um, I actually
1: can't remember. I think I had a tortoise.
0: Y- yes, I think. Yeah, maybe. Oh maybe. yes, I
1: had. I had. Essentially, I had greater two in. I had the uh, the tortoise. Yes, the tortoises all the way down.
0: Yes, you had like, you had cosmic depth.
1: As one of your favorite. yeah yeah, I had a fractal tortoise.
0: Yeah, yeah, oh, like really really lovely because it it combines like playground violence with Cthulhu. Yeah, but like no, but like like nicely. like well, like the ideas of Cthulhu like about like non Euclidean geometry and weirdness. Um, yeah. uh, mate of mine, Harry had a um he had his his lion was called Sir Rory and Sir Rory had quantum teeth. And the deal with quantum teeth is they were the sharpest thing in the room. <laughs> no matter like no matter what they were nearer, no matter where they were near, they were sharper than that. Yep. which I like very much. That's a lovely idea.
1: I'm just going to throw out one last one. And oh, bearing please. in mind, we're saying that the film is excellent.
0: Mm.
1: It has to be excellent.
0: Mm.
1: Unknown armies.
0: No, it's a Netflix series, mate.
1: But, but yeah, that's fair. But how good would that be?
0: I want to see a Netflix. I, I want to see like a Jessica Jones style Netflix series, uh, or maybe like Sensei or The Expanse or whatever the, whatever it's called. But like uh, an ensemble cast
2: mm.
0: dealing with people hitting, basically dealing with people hitting global level power, yeah. And then and then a cosmic level player turns up. That would be hugely exciting to see because like I want I want to see a Dip some on telly.
1: Yeah,
0: I want also like fucking Chaos Mages? Yeah. So good. Yeah. Actually, that would, be, that would be what I want to see. Like, it, it, actually, be, fuck everything else I just said. I want to have an unknown No, Netflix film. A Netflix yep. series. Just like eight episodes, you know? Not too many.
1: No, just keep it snappy, but make it good.
0: Alright, next question.
1: Next question is a follow-up. Well, not a follow-up, but a second question from Gabe. Oh. I'm giving is, him two. He's keen, isn't he? Because I like, I really liked both questions. Okay. Because the next one I find very interesting Hmm. GMs being paid to run a game, yay or nay?
0: It's weird. Have you ever been paid to run a game? No. I have. It's all right. I've been paid to run Actually, a game. I should take that back.
1: Te- te- technically, we have. from the Kickstarter.
0: Oh, we, we we did world building. Oh yeah. And that was. I mean, I, I'll gladly do world building because at that point, I can take charge and like no one's expecting me to turn up with any like equipment. Yeah. That is paying for my brain. That's fine. And you, t- you know, if there's one thing that, t- that you and I can do is build a world in no time at all. It doesn't have to be not, not a good world, but a, a fun one. The um. I've, so I've, I've been paid to run games, and it does set up a kind of a weird um, relationship because you become an entertainer. And yeah. for for me, certainly, my, my the way I like playing games is sit down with my friends and then make up a story together. It's not a puzzle, it's not an adventure which they're running through. Um I might sketch out a few ideas beforehand and have, oh, maybe we go here and like I'm not gonna do it more than three sentences work. Because whatever the players say, I'll roll with that and incorporate it and say yes or no, whatever. But it's almost like players expect you to show their to, to show you're working when you're paid. So like um if 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 you're turning up and you don't have Models, you don't have the dungeon map printed out, and they have certain expectations which they're paid for. But like people, like motherfuckers, pay eighty dollars an hour in America for this shit.
1: Yeah, it's crazy. But then again, I mean, like you, you say, you're saying that you take on the role of the of an entertainer. Yeah. Like people play clowns at children's birthday parties.
0: Oh, for sure. That's, that's the thing. So I'm not saying that. That, um, that being an entertainer is wrong. I'm saying that it's a dramatic shift from the normal. Yeah, sort no, that's, of sorry, that's, like improvising lead.
1: Yeah, no, I'm, a, I, I'm kind of a, I'm kind of agreeing with you, but like mm. it's that as you say that awkward
0: mm. expectations. Hey buddy. Like, hey, buddy, I I I paid for the full hour. Entertain me.
1: Yeah, but like if you've if you're going into it with that with the the, mm. the idea that this is you know a business transaction and this is your job, mm. I think actually it could work really well.
0: I think if you um, if you don't run any like if you don't know the people you you're working with, yeah. Uh, if you go there hmm. and the idea is, well, I'm here to entertain you and like if if you're a jail worth your salt, you can turn up and entertain people and that's fine. And like uh, one of the things so like I really don't like cons very much. I find them really well I find them really grinding experiences especially if I have to play because, what well, if I have to play, if I choose to play, because invariably some guy will be playing and they don't get what the game's about and they fucking ruin it for everyone and it's boring and rubbish and you're trapped in a game for four hours. Um, but I really love running. I absolutely love running games at cons. Um, I ran a game uh, of the weekend, I ran a game of The Witch is Dead with some lovely people at Game Camp. And that for me works very well. Like being able to go, I don't know any of you people, let's go. I can charm you in this yeah. way. I, I can entertain you in this way, and that's fine. I'll accept money for that. But um, you know, the idea of being paid like on a regular basis to come round it makes me feel it's almost like there's there's something emotionally uncomfortable. Like like I I view it as quite like if I'm doing long term role play with someone, I view that as quite an intimate experience. Yeah. Um. And so it's akin to like coming around to give them a massage. <laughs> yeah. Like I'm not gonna fuck them, but it's weird.
1: I think so. I think final. My final stance on it is it. It's fine.
0: Yeah, it's fine. Like honestly, if if we could work out a solid way of doing it, we should do it. Yeah, because we need money. Um, I'm just not sure precisely how it would work. Um, I, I I'd be interested in trying tra- in trying to in trying to work out how to make this function, and yeah. like how, how, how to get money for GMing because it is a skill.
1: Yeah, and also like. Artists, entertainers, performers should be mm. paid for their time. Yeah, for sure. That um, simple. You, you don't ask for article submissions saying we will pay you in exposure. I mean, they do. Unless you're a monster.
0: People do that a lot.
1: Um, oh, so awful. you might as well charge for that as well
0: if you're going to. Yeah. Alright. Um, next question comes from... That's a bit... That's a, that's a bit, that was a bit of a, a bit of a sensible answer. It was a bit that one, yeah. But like, um,
1: I think that one needed a sensible response.
0: Yeah, I'm interested. Like, it, it's an interesting thing. I'm interested to find out. Yeah, um, Cody by by Cody asks from Reddit: Hi. most underrated slash unknown RPGs. Day Side profundus. run. I think we said that both exactly at the same time. Yep. You go first.
1: De Profundis is a lovely Lovecraftian RPG uh, based on letter writing.
0: Mm, it has no mechanics It's you entirely just, by
1: correspondence
0: You can just imagine things that happen in your real life For the fault of a, of a grand conspiracy And explain them to your friends
1: Yeah, You essentially um, journal to another person As if everything that happens was horrific
0: Yeah, it's a lovely idea for a game My, my recommendation, it's quite hard to find These days mm. um, I, think, I think you can get a PDF of it But I don't think you'll get a hard copy For love nor money these days um, My game i recommend is Cy Run by McGuay Baker um, the wife of Vincent D. Baker and an excellent game designer in her own right I want to say uh, but he's he's the more famous of the two uh, having designed Apocalypse World and Dog in the Vineyard as previously mentioned in this podcast and Siren is a game where you wake up and they're chasing you and you have strange powers run um, and it's like it tells it's, that it one story it's a lovely setup it's a lovely system as well it has this really clever way of like you roll a handful of dice and then assign them to things so you choose what goes wrong but something's going gonna go wrong unless you're very lucky, um, and the game ends when someone answers four or five questions about their character, like once they it, earn the answers to that through play.
1: It, it uh, as you say, it, it tells that one story yeah. perfectly.
0: I have a huge respect for games which tell that one story perfectly. Um, yeah. Uh, so yeah, there's that. I'd also also again again from uh, McGuay Baker is Arabian Nights. I think it's a thousand and one Arabian Nights. Um, which is the game? Like you play basically a Shahrazad, um, like you are trapped in a sultan's court, and you can't leave. But what you can do is tell stories. So, play goes around a table, and you like you have your characters, and so like uh, you you describe your characters as someone who's trapped and could never leave the sultan's court, and then you describe one thing that you are like jealous of of the other players, or one thing that you love, or one thing that you hate about them. So you have these group built characters, which is really nice. And then each of you tells a story. But then, rather than tell the story, you assign roles to the other people in character. You ass- in character, you assign additional characters to the other people. So let's say there's a scullery maid you don't like. You'll say, oh, and then I hear I'm at a camel. Ah, well, do you play the camel, please? And so the scullery maid has to play like the honorary camel. Um, <laughs> and it's, it's the only game I've seen which has a full page of recommended foods.
1: Oh, that's lovely.
0: And it's like it's gorgeously illustrated, beautifully written. I'm not sure whether I'd really play it that much, but in terms of in, just in terms of a really rich, lovely reading experience, you cannot go wrong with, with McGuire Baker. She writes very good games and no one knows about should, them. We
1: should start including recipe lists in our books.
0: Well we need a setting first. I don't I not know what we would have put in, in Unbound. <laughs>
1: that would have been difficult.
0: Just playing cards in gelatin. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: Delicious gelatin.
0: Mm. Uh, Chris, what's what? What is our last hearty dice question?
1: Our last heartiest of diceiest questions mm-hmm. come from Lovely Turb. Hey Turb, Lovely Turb.
0: I'd love to get Turb on the show. Yeah, although maybe now, maybe that would ruin it.
1: I I don't know. The mystery figure is better.
0: Yeah, I I, I like knowing nothing about Turb aside from the strange proclivities
1: <laughs> <laughs> and also confusion of tenses.
0: Mm, on that subject,
1: uh, senses, you know, uh, Turb wants to make dice using non-Euclidean geometry for a Call of Cthulhu campaign. Please help Turb fold this sphere.
0: Okay, so if you're folding spe- f- spheres, folding First a sphere wanna... is quite
1: mm. difficult too.
0: I think it's easier. Mm. First thing you want to do is hammer that sphere flat. Yep. Just so you want to get yourself flat. A, you, you want to get a sphere mallet if you have one, or just any other any other form of of, um, of you know, of spherical hammering tool is great. Make that flat, and then what you want to do is score it. Don't cut it. Not a sphere if you cut it. Just fold that in. Uh, score, yeah, score it down one side, and then push that in so you get a cone shape. And then um, write some numbers on it.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I was waiting for the follow-up.
0: Yeah, because on- honestly, like it sounded like I knew what I was talking about, but then I realised you couldn't make a dice out of it.
1: No, what you got to do, you see, is you got to push one side through the other. Oh, of course! As soon so. as you of get course. it, of course. Yeah. As soon as you get it, one side through the other, you've got a face, and it's it's super easy at that point.
0: Mm. And also, if you push one side to the number, you find you push one side through the other, you find the hidden numbers inside every sphere.
1: <laughs> yes, like Bleventeen. And, <laughs> <laughs> and Skrillex. Who knew that was a number?
0: Well, Skrillex presumably. He actually he actually samples a lot of his music by pushing um, Euclidean shapes His face um, through a mixing desk. <laughs> he he likes to invert prisms <laughs> <laughs> and record it.
1: So turns them upside down.
0: No, no, no. Like spatially. No, that's actually still inverting it spatially. Uh, he, <laughs> he 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 puts the outside where the inside is, and the inside where the outside is.
1: Bangerang. are all in the wrong places. But they're not from the back.
0: You're simply not looking at the inverted prism. Sorry, a prolapsed prism. From the right. <laughs> <laughs> Large <laughs>
1: just, quantities of, of this music has just fallen out on the floor.
0: I'm just going to prolapse this cylinder for the sound for my music. <laughs>
1: This is in my new note. It's J.
0: How does it sound? I no. found it inside a circle one day. It sounds. It sounds bad. It sounds like <laughs> yellow does. But
1: when you play them in sequence, people give you millions of dollars.
0: Yeah. Listen, Chris Grant, we've we've let this go on long enough. I think
1: we, we have. Because then we need to stop because we don't know how to answer Tibbs' question
0: we 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 answered it in two ways. One you make a cone, two you simply fold it through itself. I'm not sure any of those work. I don't know how that works. You need to get proper sphere gloves and then you pull it really hard.
1: It's <laughs> like ironmonger's gloves with blue.
0: Yeah, but like they've got little grips on the end like fish hooks. So yep. you can grab the sphere and then if you pull it hard enough that shit'll that shit'll in that shit will prolapse.
1: <laughs> that will just fall out like a bad gearbox.
0: We'll just god trash that. <laughs> um thank you so much for writing in friends um it's we've never recorded this late before it's 10 to 11 at night i uh i just finished running a podcast uh, sorry a playtest of the spire and uh i have been drinking which may well be showing up in the tombra
1: and oh, we've all uh, been drinking the
0: yeah it's your mum's birthday wasn't it it was happy birthday chris's mum. so we're going to wrap this up now. I hope you've enjoyed listening to this episode as much as we've enjoyed recording it. We've had a lovely time. Uh, I'm very tired. And I'm going so to go I'm going to go lie down under a cat. But before Is the I cat do, willing. Yeah, man, he's he's cool. Like you give him some food, and he comes and sits in your chest until morning. At which point, he yells at you for food. <laughs> it's great. <laughs> he knows what's best for him. Mm. So I just want to say, listener, I love you. Chris loves you. Maybe he loves you more. He's been showing me a collage he made of you. And he's been taking a load of pictures of famous brides and grooms. The, the marriage of Princess Diana to Prince Charles. And he's cut out your head and put it over Prince Charles's. And he's put his own head over Princess Diana's.
1: And I keep telling you,
0: it's decoupage. Yes, yeah, sorry, decoupage. Not, um, it's so not it's a collage. collage. It's yeah. a decoupage. It's glued on. But Chris loves you maybe too much. And I love you the right amount. And together, we'll do what we can. And I actually, you know, Chris has asked me to, he, he, he said, now, Grant, you always give the special messages of love at the end of the podcast. And I'm really sick and tired of it. So I want you to give me the opportunity to, 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 to confess my love. So just as you asked, Chris, I'm going to give you the opportunity now. So please go ahead.
1: Listen, come, come over here. Come, come away from him for a minute. That, that awful man
0: okay. No, well, well just I'll wait over here, that's fine.
1: Yeah, yeah, just a little bit further. No, okay, quite sure. I just wanted to say, just want, just want to get you alone here. And it's probably just something to do with the light, but... Your eyes look wonderful today. Also the insides of your ears, which is mainly what I'm seeing now. But you do look good.
0: Have you mentioned their eyes? What? Have you mentioned their eyes?
1: No, no, you go back to your corner. Yeah. I just want to say that we both love you very dearly thank you for listening to us
0: thanks can i come back over yet you can yeah. okay thank you very much for your support thank you also to our patrons we'll be having our very first hearty dice hangout soon um now that i've got the fucking internet yeah, if you thankfully. Um, if you like what we do here, and you want to spend time, and you're like, hey, these guys talk about having sex with dragons a lot. I want to get in on that. That is then,
1: literally all I talk about. I want in on this.
0: Yeah, then please don't come to the pod, Don't come to the hangouts. But if you're like marginally interested in having sex with dragons in a comedy way, like we are, um, you can give you can give some money to us on on Patreon per episode. Um, and if you give us three dollars per episode, which I realize is quite a lot, but that's cool if you want to give it to us, then you can come and hang out with us. Um, we'll be doing a we'll be doing a live hangout once a month, um, presumably at some time which suits GMT, and we'll probably be playing a game in there of some kind. And if you, if you can get in, you can come and play. We'll be running things like Honey Heist, and The Witch is Dead, and uh, Goblin Quest, and you know, those classic Howard bangers. One
1: page RPG you've
0: written. Quick games. Maybe, maybe we'll play test some stuff. Maybe we'll just like come up with a game on the spot when we're there. We're going to use it as an excuse to dick about and have some fun with people who like listening to us talk. If you are that kind of person, you can back us on Patreon. If you go to Patreon forward slash what's the name? What's the oh, fuck? I don't know what it's I was I was doing really well there. P- p- Hearty Dice Friends. Oh, what I didn't know whether it was hyphenated or not. If you go to www.patreon.com forward slash Dice Friends, um you can you can give us some money and um we would um, and we will we will do that. I would also I would like to thank our patrons, but I'm not logged in <laughs> so I can't tell who they are. <laughs> <laughs> how, wow. do I, how do I view what the patrons are? Why can't I do that? So we would like to thank especially we'd like to thank John Bent, Red Ed, James Isles, Rob Abrazado, How you doing Rob? Samantha Streeter and Mary Hamilton, who is my wife, and actually she's backing us per pod that's nice of her to back us per podcast.
1: <laughs> Considering that probably coming out of company funds.
0: <laughs> that's money laundering. Isn't it?
1: <laughs> well, I mean it's PayPal back into paypal so i don't think it's actually money laundering oh,
0: paypal's just one giant washing machine for cash anyway <laughs> uh, thank you thank you so much um to those of you who are giving this money and to those of you to the three of you uh, claire nick and will we will be doing our very first hearty dice hangout soon you can you all can come along and play um thank you so much for listening we're gonna let you go um my name is grant hammett this is chris taylor we've Hello. been the hearty dice friends and we need a better outro good night bye